I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents, everyone. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you. Today, I'm being joined by the marvelous Aaron of Down at the Crossroads. Whoop, whoop. Much, How are you? I'm great. Much to everyone's dismay, I'm back. <laughs> She's back. You thought I was gone for good, but no. no Suckers. <laughs> no, we've all missed you. And actually, you know, we had discussed, I don't know, maybe three years ago when we spoke last, that um, it seems like that long anyway, uh, we were going to be like teasing the tracks rather than just not showing them at all. Now, this this means for, for your segment, Down to the Crossroads, of course. Um, this means that you guys are going to get a little bit of a taste of what these tracks are that we're speaking to, but it's really important that you check out the Spotify links because these are only going to be short clips and there are probably going to be repercussions for doing so. I want everyone to understand this. YouTube does not like you playing music that is licensed. So unless we pay for that license, which is more than the zero sum of what we make from this, um, then uh, they'll like ban us. <laughs> so, or they just won't allow it in certain territories, or they'll have advertising over that episode, you know, whatever they, the particular copyright holder wants to do with it is kind of up to them. We're going to try. We're going to try, and we're going to um, help you guys out with that. That seems to be the only complaint about this segment is that uh, the music isn't there or it's hard to sync up. And so we're going to we're gonna do everything we can without breaking our backs to uh, get this uh, to you guys in a way that you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, um, and if this experiment fails, then um, I will consider the possibility of footing the bill to play the music if, if people are interested, you know, if it's really like, you know, in demand. I, you know, I'm willing to spend some money, but... Not if no one gives a shit. <laughs> <So> <laughs> let me hear from you. Get in touch with me on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I'll, I'll give all my information at the end. But if you really want me to pay for this service, I, I will do that. I will do that for you. But only yeah. if people want it. Let her know, people. I know Seriously. I want it, but... All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay, so uh, it is September 13th, and we have a fantastic show for you, as per usual. We're going to start off with the Nine Cents letters about the satanic witch and the demonic self. And then we're going to jump a little to... <laughs> mm -hmm. Blah, blah. Off blah, to blah. a good start. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even drinking <laughs> or anything. Uh, we're going to jump over to a little something different with Heather Height and then Infernal Informant. Uh, I had a, a little bit of a back and forth with a, a handful of people about animal cruelty. Um, not really animal. It, it was like a suggested animal correction that people interpret as animal cruelty. Um, anyway, here's a, <laughs> an article that really is animal cruelty. So I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to give some, uh, you know, my own interpretation of how um, freakish some Satanists are about animals. And, uh, you know, 
give a little down to earth, uh, t- a little Adam's down to earth take, which let's be honest is not too down to earth anyway, no matter how you look at it. Uh, anyway, this article is called Women Pleads Guilty in Nation's First Federal Animal Crush Video Case. And we'll explain that as we get closer. It's going to be hard to get through, to be quite honest. And of course, Aaron is in the house, down to the crossroads, episode 36. What do we call him this one? High water everywhere. Oh, shit. Shit, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I'm excited for that. Um, I immediately thought of that uh, Johnny Cash song. <laughs> sure, yeah. Ten feet high and rising. Uh, all right, so um, before we jump into the show, a uh, quick note here. Nine Cents presents Satanists on Satanic Cinema. Of course, Rosemary's Baby with Aaron Casabaugh here um, is out and available, but we also have a couple other ones that are out, uh, Carnival of Souls, and really, really soon, Willy Wonk and the Chocolate Factory. And this is with featured guests Heather Height and John Shaw, and I've already released the side note for it, the little teaser. I've got the trailer ready to go. It is a great episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Again, I'll announce more once it's 100% live everywhere you can purchase it, but uh, definitely check it out. And if you haven't checked out the other ones, uh, they're 99 cents, no real excuse not to sit down pick up the track listen to it while you're watching the movie and you'll have a hell of a time um so again it's out now satanist on satanicinema.com so i'm exhausted right now i'm just completely pooped i went hiking with my family and i like my calves are aching i i need new hiking shoes or something my feet are so horribly sore right now and i forget if you don't hit the same trail every, you know, I don't know, I mean, just frequently, you forget the complexities of said trail. And I forgot we went on this really intense vertical, virtually vertical hike for two miles in and then two miles out. And because it was just like straight up, it, you're just so exhausted. You know, your, your calves are hurting and everything. And then on the way down, your thighs are hurting so bad. Your legs are wobbly and shaking. But uh, the kids are... Oh, fuck. Oh, they're the worst. I've never wanted to smack kids more in my life. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand. My, okay, so I come from a family who pretended to love nature, but their version of getting out into nature was driving up to, like, a river, getting out, and just, like, playing at the river. Oh, we're in nature. It's a river. Whoa. You know, we love to be outside and whatever. The fakest version of getting out into nature you could ever be. But I didn't know any different as a kid. I just, that that's what I thought it was like. And so when I, uh, you know, sort of know, early high school or something, me and my buddies would, and, you know, the girls that we were seeing and stuff, would go out into the actual mountains. And it was spectacular getting out away from every single other human being and being isolated in nature, it was an amazing sensation, and I wanted to obviously bring that uh, into my children when they became of age. And so, you know, whether they were too young to walk with us, I had them on my back in one of those little, like, child-carrying pack things. So it's something that they have done their entire lives, their entire worldview exists on the weekends they go hiking with their family or they go camping in frigid horrible weather uh raining or snow or whatever but they're constantly out there so they know what to expect you would think that this would stop them from acting like little fucking babies every time we go out but no 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 every fucking time it is complaining and it is whining and it is why do we have to do that and i know at some point in their lives they're gonna have this moment of like that was really fucking cool of my parents to do that. 
But right now, they're being little bitches. Little entitled bitches. Like, there are people who have never, like, their version of nature is to get, like, a smoothie. Like, that is getting out into nature. Like, they don't understand, they're going to Whole Foods. That's nature to them. They have as no idea. That, as a girl that lives in Baltimore City, mm-hmm. I would pay unbelievable amounts of money to just not, <laughs> like, to go outside and not be surrounded by people and shit and garbage and bombs. <laughs> Your kids don't know how good they have it. I know. I cannot wait for that day of them just coming back and saying, I'm sorry for being a douche. Um, thank you. <laughs> I don't think they ever will, but I hope, I wish, I, I bet they someday, someday, I'll be on my deathbed is what it'll be. I'll have to wait till mm-hmm. the end to get it. But, you know, I think I'm doing something nice for them. I'm in, I'm, they're thoroughly enjoying it. It's not, you know, it's nothing but fucking gold for me. Um, but just listening to them whine and complain, like, you you have to disconnect from time to time. You have to, like, put the fucking phone down, walk away from it, and don't think about it. Like, there should be a moment when everyone is, their heart is beating from intensity of motion, the air is actually fresh, there's no car exhaust blowing in your face. There are places like this, people. It's an amazing thing where you hear the crunching of leaves at your feet and the buzzing of insects around your head, the touch of the plants that you're walking past just brushing up against you. There's this moment of connection that you can actually have and it's quite fantastic. And all you've gotta do is fucking disconnect for like a half hour. That's all it really takes, and you can experience it. It's amazing. It's like what we are as human beings, and my kids hate it. <laughs> just fucking hate it. So Stupid. you're making me weep. Like, I miss, <laughs> I miss nature so much. I'm from oh. New Hampshire. Like, I grew up in the woods, you know? But, yeah. but now I'm stuck in this horrible city. And Yeah, with, like, crazy riots just ending, right? Like, they're oh. afraid it's going to start up again? The riots, no one, I mean, I don't know, maybe it affects some people, but it certainly has no, even though we're right in the heart of things, like, I think the whole riot thing is a little bit overblown. Oh, really? Well, I mean, media. (laughs) A a little bit, yeah, yeah. We were perfectly safe. I never once felt unsafe, really. But, yeah, your kids, and what's funny is that when I was a kid, I was just like your children. I hated everything. (laughs) Everything was so hard, and I was a whiny little twat, and I regret it now. And I would do, I would, oh, my God, if I lived somewhere where I could just open the door and walk outside and go for a hike up a mountain, because I used to. That was so Mm -hmm. great. Your kids are stupid assholes. (laughs) 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 I I don't mean that. No, I feel good that I'm not the only one that says it. No, <laughs> no one else can say that, know. but no. Yeah, I don't really think that. They're wonderful children. That's I'm funny. Sure. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I hate complaining about it because, you know, what am I complaining about? I'm, I feel like I'm in a really great place. But uh, they, like, being able to be, you know, a sort of a, a reflected image of them saying, why are you be acting like this? You you don't understand it yet. And, and uh, you know, seeing it as a parent and trying to shake them loose of it, it's not an easy thing. It's, it's kind of a pain. And then you just have to deal with them whining. Just whining. Oh, fucking just shut the fuck up and stop fucking whining. Ugh. Push them down a mountain next time. <laughs> I totally should. That'll learn them. I'm going to teach you a laugh lesson right now. <laughs> ah. 
Yeah, no, They'll have a lot of time in their hospital bed to think about what they've done. <laughs> the only thing I'm bringing are like bugs and plants. That's it for you, your hospital visit. You're just going to be sitting there. All right. Um, how about a little nonsense letters? Let's do it. Let's do it. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. Well, this is from um, a young lady. Uh, I don't really have a young lady voice, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try just for you guys. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> a little entertainment. Hey there. No, I can't do that. Hey there. I was reading the Satanic Witch and had a question regarding the appealing to the demonic. When appealing to their demonic, LeVay says to embody their demonic, but then he also mentions appealing to one's demonic by embodying their core self, e.g. top of the clock, like to be dominated. So, when should you be the embodiment... <laughs> I didn't even say that right. ...of their demonic, and when should you act as their core? Would you be able to help clarify that for me? I really appreciate your time and help. Uh, first of all, this is actually the first time I've ever gotten correspondence from this individual, so I'd like to say thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it. Um, and I thought, I've been sitting on this one for a while, like, hmm, who should I have uh, discuss this with me? And uh, yeah, yeah, so as soon as, as soon as you came around, uh, I thought this would be perfect, perfect for us. So, <laughs> I mean, you did a you did a whole Satanic Witch episode with Jesse and with Zafdig and Magister Dramia, right? I know it was like a dream, and I've forgotten everything that we discussed. <laughs> and, I mean, oh, I just dripped. This is a good question, though, because um, I don't know the answer, so <laughs> that means okay. it's a good question. <laughs> it is something interesting that I, you know I'd love to hear your take on it. Okay, so this is actually uh, referencing the Satanic Witch, obviously, uh, and there's a couple different sections in the Satanic Witch that uh, will actually explain this thoroughly. So you have uh, the portion, the LeVay personality synthesizer, and the law of attraction of opposites. Um, and I think, I think the, the author of this question is a little bit confused about um, the demonic and the core self because they're not one and the same. So according to LeVay's personality synthesizer, you have your apparent self, which is what your core is, um, your true self. So for example, to make it simple, the example he gives in the Satanic Witch is a 12 o'clock woman, uh, tall, masculine, dominant. Uh, her core self is actually a 12 o'clock man. She is exhibiting behaviors that are typical of a male, and so at her core, what she is, is a man. Um, however, what we always have to remember is that you have your apparent in your core, which is your your who you are, your true embodiment of self. You also have your demonic self, which is, is the sort of opposite of who you are. Um, and this is you know in his little imagery surrounding your core self. So this 12 o'clock woman, who at her core is a 12 o'clock man, just very dominant, her demonic self would be a six o'clock man, uh, softer, more pliable emotionally and um, uh, behaviorally wants to take care of her, not, you know, just that old idea of opposites attract is what you should be thinking of when thinking about your true self and your demonic self or your apparent self and your demonic self. So there's a couple different reasons why, um, and now, so, so 
She's talking about here a couple different contexts. Um, one is if you're trying to attract a mate as a witch, there's a reason you want that mate, but it may not line up with your own personality synthesizer clock. So you would need to adjust your clock in order to match your target's demonic self. Be the opposite of what that person is, and they will be attracted to you. Of course, it's so much more complicated than that, but I'm just trying to make it simple for this discussion. So if you're trying to attract someone, you want to present yourself as their demonic self. And that will be like the groundwork that you want to lay. That's when you would want to embody their demonic self. Now, if you're talking about embodying your core self or your demonic self, <clears throat> those, again, those are two different things. Your core self is a reflection of who you present yourself, your apparent self. Your demonic self is the opposite of that. So you have to be aware of your demonic self in order to find a lasting partner or a compatible partner, because you can actually have lasting partners without you know, being opposite of the clock. But um, uh, just this idea of opposites attract, uh, you have to be able to recognize your apparent self in order to find that demonic alternate person that would appeal to you. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's going to be hard to find a mate. Um, now, again, take a step back. The LeVay personality synthesizer is uh, as real as you want it to be. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some ideas in it that work really, really well for a lot of people, but it is not like 100% abject truth or anything. You have to find what works for you and use that throughout life. But it's a pretty damn good start. Uh, and again, it can be a little bit confusing. Just think of it this way. There are two sides to every person. You have your apparent self and you have your demonic self. They are opposite of each other. If you want to attract someone, <clears throat> go for their demonic. Be, embody their, that target's demonic self. You want to be right. the opposite of what they project themselves as. If you want to find a good partner for you, then you need to recognize what your demonic self is and attract that or look for that in other people. Um, and that's going to be a really nice foundation. Uh, Aaron, does that, do you think that helps at all? Did I confuse oh my you even God. more? You finally made that all make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been really, really confused by it and perplexed. And I mean, I'm kind of an idiot, but <laughs> so, you know, don't trust anything I say, but, but no, you made that so apparent that you made this so clear. Like, yes, I was, she was confused a little bit and you made it crystal clear and I could not right. possibly add anything more to that. I think you nailed it. Then you nailed that answer. Sweet. <clears throat> All right. So if there's any other questions about it, uh, I, I again, you should be rereading the satanic witch. It should not be just that, like a one time. Okay. I get it. Mm. And you put it away as with any, essay or idea in Satanism, study not worship, always yeah. go back, reread it. You will have new, uh, uh, okay, I don't really want to use this in the proper term, but you'll have new revelations of <laughs> information in that text. It's not like, it's not a spiritual way, but just you'll understand it in different ways, especially 
because you as an individual will have grown from the first time you've read it. Yeah. You'll have had your own life experiences, new revelations about who you are as a person. The text will have different meaning. It, mm-hmm. It'll it'll sort of open itself up in new and different ways. And so that's why we always want to reread, always re-experience and keep studying these ideas. It's really great. Um, again, I really appreciate you reaching out and uh, asking us and I hope it's clear. If it's not, let me know. And for anyone else, if you have any questions, of course, send them in info at nine cents podcast.com. How about I'm gonna we uh, send do a little... in so many questions because <laughs> you just explained something that I was entirely confused about for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do a little something different with Heather Height and then uh, do a little infernal informant on the other side. Sir, I believe I found something. What is it? Not sure, sir. All right. Bring it up on the monitor. Computer, analyze. Initializing anal. I mean, initializing, analyzation. Those are two completely different things. Analyzation complete. What is the age of the artifact? It appears to be approximately 6,666 years old, precisely. Approximately precisely, huh? What is its composition? It appears to be made of two precious metals found only on the carbon-based planet named Terra-6 in System-6 of Galaxy-6, formerly known as Earth. The first is sterling silver, and the other is 14 karat gold. Is there any record of a previous entry? Affirmative. Record number 66 shows a similar artifact with a perfect match known as the Anton LaVey Sigil Pendant. What is its origin? The origin is a place called I Satan. From a place. So sorry, you grammar Nazi. The origin is from a place called I Satanist, a company that produces the finest quality satanic jewelry in the known universe. Computer, don't you mean produced? Negative. I Satanist still exists to this day, sir. How is that even possible? Wow, you ask a lot of questions. Before the destruction of Terra 6, I Satanist has expanded to all other Terra planets in order to survive. It is known that self preservation is the highest law. Yes, I'm fully aware of that. Take us to the nearest ice Satanist immediately. Plotting course now.
I was sure you knew this is a private party. Oh, I know, and I wouldn't dream of crashing it, but I was dining in the gourmet room, and I wanted to give you a very special engagement present personally. There is nothing I want from you, Alexis. Oh, you'll want this, dear. Interesting man, your fiancé. Let's discuss him. Surely you understand that I'm not in the mood to discuss Garrett or anyone else with you. And does that include his so-called first wife? Yes, that does include Jessica. Jessica! Ah, well, I think that I should tell you as a friend that there never was a Jessica, that your fiancé has never been married. Oh, good God, Alexis. <laughs> Do your lies never stop? <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? Oh, I find that very amusing. Well, I suggest that you check it out with Garrett Boyston yourself because he gives a new meaning to the word liar. Alexis? Yes. I didn't thank you for your present. It's he you should slap, dear. Not I. Welcome to another Something Different with Heather Height on Nine Cents. This segment is bound to feel incomplete because my feelings about it are unclear and conflicting, to say the least. I'm not even sure what to say I'm talking about. I know it's something to do with being a woman or women or something like that. Anyway, stand-up comedy isn't the first male-dominated pursuit I've been interested in. The first that comes to mind is when I insisted on taking metal shop in the seventh grade and opting out of home economics in the eighth grade to instead take home maintenance. I don't even think I was all that interested in the classes. I just didn't like to be told I couldn't do something because I had a vagina. I am a little disappointed that my sewing machine skills are not up to par, but my ability to light a pilot on a hot water heater and rewire a lamp has proven to be infinitely more handy than uh, my ability to make my own clothes. Maybe if it was like the 1790s, you know, being able to operate a sewing machine would be more important. I don't know, probably, because, you know, we didn't have hot water heaters. But anyway, making some kind of statement as a woman was not the reason I decided to become a comedian. As a matter of fact, I resisted becoming comedian probably because everyone said that it was what I should do I had no idea that women weren't as funny as men until I was a little more immersed in the business <clears throat> actually I have no idea that men are any funnier than women now either but that's fodder for another segment this segment is about well I guess it's about competitiveness between women because just like women not being funny, as funny as men, um, not being as good at math, not being as rational, I see very little evidence of this vicious competitiveness, like in real life. Even less so do I see it among females in the COS. I think that might be, let's figure this out now. Granted, my research is less than scientific, but if Facebook can use the data to collect um, 
you know, from our profiles to develop marketing strategies. And I can use information gleaned through interactions that I and others have had on social media. So I'll take the average response from women when I post a sexy pic compared to the reactions from women when my 29-year-old aspiring model friend posts a sexy pic. I have no control because I don't know any ordinary people. Or if I do, I probably don't pay attention to them. When my beautiful friend Lindsay posts a sexy selfie, she is bound to get negative responses from about 25% of the women who comment, and at least one direct message lecturing her about how she is demeaning herself, attention-seeking, and so on. But the bulk of the comments from women are complimentary and supportive. (sighs) Wait, this isn't going to work. I'm not a model exactly and I don't post anywhere near as many pics as Lindsay so let's compare Lindsay's responses from women to my equally beautiful friend Marilyn I will be the control although I'm not ordinary I do fall somewhere between Marilyn and Lindsay you know what never mind statistics are boring I think one of the reasons it's so hard to talk about this is because I'm trying to prove that something doesn't exist or at least that it exists to a much lesser degree than we might have believed. Like the marauding bands of vegans attacking people on social media for eating meat, or leagues of black men who are bad fathers, or maybe I just see too much hope in very little evidence (laughs) to the contrary. One might be inclined to assume that satanic witches would be even more apt to compete with one another. Perhaps we don't do so as often because we all know what we're up to. Perhaps we compete in less obvious ways. After all, showing your teeth at the least provocation would be poor practice of lesser magic. Maybe we're all so diversified that we have no real reason to be competitive, but others' achievements, even in your own field, should be seen as evidence that it can be done. I can't help but admire my friends for the things that they do. Envy is counterproductive when surrounded by so many gorgeous, talented women that are so very fucking smart. I have to admit a little jealousy. I'm human after all. I do feel envious of my female cohorts occasionally, but a smidge of jealousy, when properly directed, is a fantastic motivator. Whatever the fuck it is that I'm talking about, I hope that you got something out of it. This has been another segment of Something Different with Heather Height on Nine Cents. Look me up, give me your ideas. What do you think, ladies? Do you think that we're just being snide in a lesser degree? Or do you think that it just doesn't exist as much as on Dynasty? (laughs) Nothing exists as much as it does on Dynasty. Have a great week. Hail Satan. I have a reputation that is unpredictable, devious, and manipulative. I cherish that reputation because it keeps my enemies off guard.
You don't know when to stop, do you? Oh, yes, I do. When I hear the thump, thump, thump that tells me I've driven over something hard and empty like your head. Here we go. Hey, what's going on first? Uh, infernal forming. Get on the truck. You out there. Okay, woman pleads guilty in nation's first federal animal crush video case. This is from cron.com from September 8th of 2015. Uh, one of the first persons in the nation to face federal charges under the Animal Crush Video Prohibition Act of 2010 pleaded guilty in Houston on Tuesday and may become a government informant on sex trafficking crimes. Ashley Nicole Richards, 24, admitted to four counts of creating Animal Crush videos and one film distribution charge. Animal Crush is a... Here's where it gets really gross. So, (laughs) trigger warning. Uh, Animal Crush is a sexual fetish in which small mammals, such as puppies and kittens, are tortured, maimed, or killed for the sexual gratification of observers. Videos such... Uh, videos of such acts, sometimes described as rituals or sacrifices, have been marketed for sale and broadcast. Richards and Brent Justice, 54, were the first to be prosecuted under the federal animal crush law passed by Congress and signed by President Barack Obama. In the films, a scantily clad Richards, sometimes masked, can be seen stabbing animals, including a puppy, a kitten, and a chicken, as well as chopping off their limbs and urinating on them while making sexual comments to the camera. In one of the... No. (laughs) In one of the videos seized by authorities, Richard punctured a cat's eye with a shoe heel. Yeah, okay, so that's... I I can't... That's that's good. Um, So... Richards has been in custody for three years based yeah. on these acts um, as she's been waiting for like a, a federal sentencing, which is going to be in December, I believe. Um, so this is absolutely disgusting. I cannot believe that people get off on stuff like this. I bring this up, uh, be, one, because it was absolutely disgusting and horrible, but um, it, it's it's... This is the extreme. This is what I think people think of when they think of of any type of animal cruelty. Um, they think of like the worst case scenarios. Um, but I don't. This is gonna be rough <laughs> for people. I, yeah. <clears throat> in the same way. Well, okay. Let me let me take a step back here for a second. Um, so Satanism sees animals uh, much. Uh, in a much better light than I think any other religion, uh, just on the surface. Uh, you have a couple references here to, to keep into mind. Uh, the 10th satanic rule of the earth, of the 11 satanic rules of the earth. Do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for food. And then in the satanic bible, in the um, chapter on the choice of human sacrifice, states, under no circumstances would a satanist sacrifice any animal or baby. So there is no way that you can possibly confuse this. Satanists will not murder animals uh, or babies for any fucking reason. It's just not a reality. So as a Satanist, when you read text like that, I think it's easy to extrapolate within yourself that anything outside of uh, petting an animal 
is horrible and like the, the worst. And anyone who pushes a puppy away is like, should be killed or beaten themselves. And I've run into Satanists like this, where they yeah. just think, how dare you ever think of spraying water in a dog's face? You're a monster! How could you? And they take it to this PETA extreme. Like, right. just be, here's something I wanna make sure everyone understands. As Satanists, we recognize ourselves as animals. So we like to make this weird distinction between non-human animals and animals, and at the same time hate humans and then love animals, but we're still seeing each other as animals. Like, you can't have it both ways. Either you recognize us as animals and recognize that some of us can be total douchebag assholes, so can animals. Some dogs are fuckheads. Like, it's just a reality. And just because they're dogs does not give them some sort of okay card. You're a dog, so I'm just gonna let you be a douchebag fuckhead. No, some animals suck at life. I'm not saying kill them, of course not, but some dogs need to be kicked in the teeth. Oh, again, some people are gonna freak out. Let me put a little context around this. Have you ever been attacked by a dog? And if not a dog, any animal. I've had cats pounce on me before. It's horrible. I, and here's another thing. I hate cats. I fucking hate cats. I won't go out of the way to hurt cats, but I hate cats. That being said, uh, I love me some dogs, but dogs are douchebags sometimes too. Um, and just like you can have a person that is just, they have something off. Animals are the same way. And it's convenient to say, well, it's always their owner. They're treated badly. No. Genetically, some people are bitches. Some dogs are bitches. And I don't mean the bitch right. literal term. Right. Yeah, because no, no, there's of course some there just, are. Of course, they're the half of the population probably <laughs> of dogs are bitches. But yeah, there are just some bad seeds. Yeah, sure. and I hate, the, I hate the idea of protecting all of them because you fail to recognize that some are really bad seeds. <laughs> and so you have to just treat everyone with kitty gloves. This bullshit. If a dog is like stepping to me, I'm going to. I've had. I've seen. And I know how this sounds. It sounds stupid, but it sounds I, really I have a wild uh, lack of concern for my own health care. Apparently, my own safety. <laughs> We've been hiking, and um, like a buddy of mine and his two kids and my kid were hiking back from uh, hot springs um, over in Spanish Fork Canyon uh, in the Uinta Mountains. And another group of campers that were setting up camp, this was, you know, dusk or something like that. Their dog started barking and freaking out and charging the fucking kids. And so I jump in front of the dog and I'm like advancing on the dog as he's barking and taking little steps back. And it's not because I'm like some superhero against dogs. It's that I don't want my, these fucking kids to be hurt. Like I would rather take the brunt of it and attack this stupid dog because their owners are absolutely retarded and just let this monster of an animal free off his leash when he reacts this way to other human beings. You have to do stuff. You have to step in front of the dog. I was walking down the street, walking my daughter to school one morning, and the corner house has this wild, rabid fucking Rottweiler. And one day, it just came charging out into the street at me and my daughter. And so I stepped to the Rottweiler, and I'm glad that it didn't attack, but it didn't. But it's the idea that I will beat a dog to fucking death with my hands if he attacks my kid. Like, sure. There are circumstances where animals should be smacked. And you cannot, just because you love all animals, pretend that 
you're these disgusting people torturing them for some weird sexual gratification because you smack a dog on the nose for not doing what they're fucking supposed to do. I'm not saying that's the best way in all circumstances, but sometimes a dog needs to be fucking hit. And I'm tired of Satanists pretending, and I only say Satanists because I'm around, I'm virtually around a lot of Satanists who see it this way. And, it, and you, you can't even say anything bad about animals because they freak the fuck out. It's horrible. Sometimes I feel like somewhere like on the, is there a spectrum for sociopathy? Like I know there is for all these other things, but I feel like I'm somewhere on the spectrum for as a sociopath. Cause like I love, you know, animals, my God. Yes. I love them very, Mm -hmm. very much, but I, I view them very much as I view all animals and humans included is that I don't have, you know, this sort of, um egalitarian they're all wonderful they're all accepted yeah. i love them all i don't have that and i uh you know everyone's different etc but i've always felt this sort of secret shame about that that i do just like just like humans if i like you i really like you but if mm. i don't like you i got no time for you and i don't really give a shit about your welfare you're nothing to me no one and yeah. animals i kind of throw into the same sort of group and it is weird to me it always has been even before i identified as a satanist or anything like that the, the reverence that some people have for their pets or for animals in general like i don't see the animals as that much better than humans i you know i know it's in you know I'm probably going to get in some trouble for this. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like I do, I see them pretty much on par with humans. Some of them I can take, the rest I can leave, you know, and yeah. I have no problem. I've put many pets down. I've put I I put a two of my parents to sleep, you know. It doesn't it's just the the way that life is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And some you know, animals are worth saving and some of them just unfortunately are not. I don't know how we got on this subject from that horrible <laughs> thing because that well, is something the, completely different. Uh, right. <laughs> but, well I, I bring it up because that right. extreme is what everyone seems to project onto me whenever I say sometimes a dog needs to be smacked. They're like, how could you sexually assault this? And no, there are real extremes. And I think everyone has to recognize that there are fucked up, horrible things that happen to animals. But yeah. just because you recognize not every animal is a saint. I'd, and here's, here's another thing. How the fuck did Satanism ever equal peace, love, and happiness with every other fucking animal on this planet? Like, when do the, those two seem to be diametrically opposed. Yeah. Satanism is about might is right, uh, championing the invi- uh, the individual, uh, using what works for you in life and discarding the rest, uh, making your mark. When, when did that equate to altruistic concern for every living creature on the fucking earth? Right, right, What the right. fuck? <laughs> well, I don't get that. You, they're taking do not kill human animals unless attacked for, for food and... Under no circumstance would a Satanist sacrifice any animal, and then saying, well, he must mean we have to put every animal on a pedestal and worship at the feet of Bast. Shut the fuck up! I'm so goddamn tired. I'm sorry, I'm freaking out, but this is genuinely bothers me. I, and I, here's the thing. I was a retarded little stupid kid, and I had zero friends as a young man, so my dog was my life, like he was, I slept in my fucking dog house, my dog's dog house, as a kid because I wanted to hang out with my dog all the time. I love my animals, 
But that does not mean I love yours in the same way I don't love your kids. I don't care about your fucking mom. I don't care about your brother. I don't care if your sister died in 9-11's uh, Twin Towers falling. It has nothing to do with me. Why the fuck should I as a Satanist have any concern for anyone or anything outside the realm of my reach or personal experience? That is not Satanism and we have to fucking stop pretending it is. There you go, folks. <laughs> okay, sorry. There's Adam's take on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just, I, I don't I, want to be I, equated with these sick fucking people, like the, this mm -hmm. disgusting woman who does these horrible smut films just because I recognize sometimes a rabid dog needs to be put down. Right. Oh. There's, there's, let's make it, there is a very distinct difference between someone ugh, killing a puppy or a kitten yeah, for sexual gratification that. and putting a dog down that that mercifully deserves to be put down you know you're doing them a favor in a lot of ways but this is this woman in her video this something completely different i don't even yeah. know how one begins to get a boner from so weird a eyeball i oh, don't so weird. i mean a lot of fetid like i'm vanilla as as fuck like i'm as vanilla sex still still has its shine for me like as mm. <laughs> i don't need to stick weird things in weird places to get off like, <laughs> i'm just perfectly fine with good old-fashioned sexual relations um not you know who, with whatever kind of partner you want except you know, right, not right, necessarily right. animals but um but and uh, you know i don't need fetishes but but a lot of them I do understand. Like, okay, here's okay. I understand why redheads, shoes, feet, whatever. But like, killing animals. I don't even know where like my where does a psychiatrist begin to figure out where that came from? Yeah, I, I don't understand it either because it, it seems like the net. You know, we've always collectively been taught that that is like the first phase of a serial killer <laughs> like they always start with animals so why would you ever be okay I, I, it's weird the, the behavior itself is so outside of of just your and as large a spectrum as your average human being is and it is incredibly vast it is outside of that like it's just craziness and you cannot like look in the mirror brushing your teeth in the morning going I'm a normal person and get off on that shit yeah. Like you have to like I don't know there's something dark inside of you. Yeah, you either have to be like a psychopath or you have to um just I don't I hear know. the sirens. I think you're just a Can you hear that? Yeah. yeah. This is Baltimore. Uh yeah, you're just a crazy person. I don't think there I don't think any normal person gets off on kittens being killed. Oh god damn, it's messed up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I'm I'm 100% all for these people. Here I don't understand. This happened like she was caught in 2013 or something like that. Yeah. So they've, I mean, they've been waiting to, um, uh, sentence her. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. sentence her because they're, they're trying to use her to catch other people. Right. Um, yeah. and they, they mentioned this, you know, the trafficking of minors and adults for commercial sex and sex exploitation of minors. Mm. Like she may have connections somewhere in that world. So that's yeah. weird. Like I, if, if you could use someone, who has done these horrible things in order to catch other people doing horrible things? I'm mm -hmm. I'm kind of okay with her not getting punished yet, but I and, and the way our our system usually works is that if the if you're helping, 
you're probably not going to be punished at all. Like, you'll just have to deal with the system as it is using you uh, for however long they want to use you. Or it's going to be like, you know, a, a seriously dumbed down charge yeah. or, or something. You definitely so, cop, cop a plea and you get off way easier than you yeah. normally would. But you, she'll probably, I would imagine, be uh, labeled a sexual uh, predator. She's got to oh, be on yeah. the list for the rest of her life. I would yeah. imagine. I don't know. Oh, I hope so. Uh, there's, I hope so. There's so many crazy and, in, uh, in my opinion, unjust uh, situations I hear about all the time in the news that mm. if she would ever get away with this and just be able to like live a normal life, I would be so infuriated. <laughs> Even though it has nothing to do with me and no personal experience or anything, like I, I feel like she should suffer. Like just eye for an eye, man. I want that Lex Talionis. I want someone to just squish her eyeball. Oh, as God. fucked up as that is. Oh, it just is so great. And it was so like just reading this article for the first time, there was like those moments where you're just like cringing, like, I, oh my gosh. I, <laughs> so, I mean, you're welcome of, for uh, yeah, everyone. Thank, yeah. <laughs> Sleep tight tonight. But for, you know, for all the awful things I've probably said in this last segment, I, I yeah. would rather squish a human being's eyeball under my high heel than a kitten's. Because I, messed up, yeah. it's just, I mean, yeah, just for the record, I would pick a human over a kitten any day to, to hurt. And I do think it's important that people understand that, um, yeah, I, I mean, a human being, not a baby, <laughs> you know, because a kitten's sort of a, oh God, a baby yeah. of the animal itself. They haven't had an opportunity. The reason why Anton LaVey was so um, uh, emphatic about protecting children and young animals is that, or and not just young animals, but just not harming animals in general, it's that they embody what is natural in the world. They haven't denied their sense of uh, humanity or animal carnal nature yet. And, and so they are the embodiment of Satanism in the world, um, yeah. just by what they are in their place, in their heads. So, you know, that's where it comes from. I think it's important to understand that, and not mm -hmm. extrapolate different meanings and different uh, standards on top of that. Look, if you want to save all of the animals in the world and you self-identify as a Satanist, I don't care. Do your thing. But <laughs> in as much as we don't want Christians pushing their shame onto us because they feel guilty about things, don't push that shit onto those of us Satanists that still love animals, but don't necessarily want to save them all just because we have a feeling. Right. You know, it I doesn't agree. mean we're horrible. Give me a break. So Maybe right. we are, though. Kind of. <laughs> a little horrible. <laughs> I'm horrible. <first>. Yeah. <laughs> no? All right. So uh, let's... Uh... Oh, shit. Let's do a little down at the crossroads. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Ever had a question about religion but couldn't find the answer? Are you interested or skeptical about cults, magic, or ritual? My name is Witch Zaftig. I'm a scholar of religion and a witch in the Church of Satan. Allow me to research your questions and answer them on my nine-cent segment, Unorthodoxy with Witch Safdig. I can address anything from Scientology to aliens, Moonies to ritual magic, even the Eucharist, and of course, all things satanic. Send your questions to zaftigworks at gmail.com and tune in every month to Unorthodoxy with Witch Safdig, only on ninecentspodcast.com. Standing in the back door crying There you will. Sure you won't stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. 
loser What are you doing out here? Oh, I'm, I'm headed down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the, you're the devil. devil. But you're, you're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my God. Welcome to Down to the Crossroads, everybody. <laughs> it's been, it's been so long. So, so I know. I'm excited too. So that you know how I love a theme. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many themes that I could have picked, but I struck gold with this idea, if if I do say so myself. <laughs> so it was recently the 10 year anniversary of, of the Katrina disaster, right? Mm -hmm. Did I get that right? <laughs> 10 years, sure. right? Yeah. 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 So um, yeah. I thought that we would uh, revisit the idea of the of flooding. Um, and in 1927, there was the Great Flood in the Mississippi Delta, which had a huge influence on blues musicians of the day. Like there was like this um, mad rush to, to make songs about the horrible disaster that happened from the 1927 flood. So there, so this is the theme. It's high water everywhere, and the theme is is about flooding, and it's really cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, we're going to play some songs and we're going to go ahead and start soon. But the cool thing is that you guys are now going to hear a little bit of the music that we're going to play. I don't know, yeah, know how Adam's going to do it, but... What do they have to do if they want to hear all the music? Oh, to hear all of it, you want to get in touch with my Spotify <laughs> and uh, we'll post <laughs> hey, links and everything. Spotify. But yeah, um, so, you know, hit, uh, I'll post it on Facebook at Down to the Crossroads, on Twitter, Chelsea Girl 19 That's where you'll find the, the full playlist. Um, it's three songs, you know, come on. It's not that hard. Mm -mm. They're like three minutes each. Nine, nine minutes. That's all it nine takes. minutes and you expand your horizons. You're going to fucking love amazing. this shit. Like, yeah. almost kind of guarantee it. Not really. <laughs> almost. I kind of, I'm, on the, I'm on the verge of guaranteeing this. Yeah. Alright, let's do this. Let's go ahead and hit play on the first song. And the first song is it's called Floodwater Blues and it's by Casey Bill Weldon. Now this guy, I don't think I've talked about him before, but he recorded this song called Floodwater Blues in 1936 and he recorded it under the name Levy Joe. Um, I started with this one because it's so it was recorded in 1936, which is way past the Great Flood of 1927. And some people argue that this wasn't written about that, the Great Flood. It was written about another flood that happened in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland in, in 1936. But I'm going to pretend that it was about the Great Flood in 1927, um, mm -hmm. which was a huge deal. Uh, like 10 states were affected. People, like, 6,000 people were rendered completely destitute by this. It was Katrina-level. And it had, it had a lot of similarities to the Katrina disaster in that, like, you know, whoever was president at the time, <laughs> he probably didn't care about black people either. Just like George <laughs> Not in 1936, he <laughs> didn't. No, or 20, yeah, no, nobody cared. And there was, um, so, like, Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people were dislocated and 
losses were in the billions and what was crazy you did you do you remember those videos from when the Katrina disaster was happening where people were standing on their rooftops yeah. with like their goat on their back like just trying to save everything they could it was the same thing in 1927 when the Mississippi Delta flooded and people were on their roofs and there weren't helicopters to come save them and people were just being people and houses were just being washed away and so you know that's what he's talking about you know he's there's a sort of parallel because you know the flooding can be literal but it is also metaphorical um and especially in blues music which comes from the african-american spiritual you know tradition where flooding was a theme you know like noah's ark and moses parting the red sea and shit like that like it was not a new idea as far as a like a metaphor but in this case like there's you know it's very literal and he's talking what he seems most concerned about is that his woman maybe got washed away by the blood <laughs> and he's kind of concerned that maybe he will find another one that's as, as kind of good as she was so you know people have priorities some people are worried yeah. about their placement he's but he's worried that his like My his woman. tail has you know took off been swept away down the river so he gets in and he's you know he's rowing his boat down the you know what used to be just right. the Mississippi River, and now it's like flooding into into the Delta. Uh, so he's just you know he's hearing people screaming, and he's just like, "Where is that pussy? I like so much though." Like, <laughs> you know, I just gotten used to that that pussy, and now she's floating away down the river. But you know, so there's some literal. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, that was Casey Bill Weldon and. There's a lot to say about him that, that I won't get into, but he was an interesting guy. You should definitely look into his shit. Like, he was known as the Hawaiian guitar wizard because he used to play this. He had a national steel guitar that he would play on his, put on his lap, like a flat lap really? steel, and play it that way. Yeah, he was known as the, what do they call him? The, I don't know, I forget now, but he was the <laughs> king of slide guitar for a while. Wow. Yeah, I I love the track. I mean, it's a nice piano backing, and he's he's got this really great traditional, you know, Southern blues voice, mm-hmm. and just presentation. I love the little woo-hoo. yeah. It's very he's Robert Johnson of him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, been compared to Robert Johnson a lot because sort of he had this itinerant lifestyle the way that Robert Johnson did, and sort of this murky past. Like no one's quite sure what the what the what the rumors are true or not. But but the uh, speaking of not knowing if rumors are true or not, uh, he was purportedly married to Memphis Minnie, who I've talked about on the show. Really? Before. Yeah, they were purportedly married for a little while. Though some people yeah. say that just is not true, but I'm gonna believe it. So so he was married to Memphis Minnie. After their divorce, she went on to marry Kansas Joe McCoy, who I've played before on the show. Hmm. And he went on to marry Gishi Wiley, who, if anyone has, has seen the Crumb movie or uh, <laughs> knows this, like she's one of the, uh, I know, I, oh God, I'm trying not to say like the word I always say every episode. <laughs> uh, anyway, she's one of the, godmothers of and she's a legend all right yeah. say she's a legend yeah. but anyway so yeah so this is crazy sort of and memphis mini was one of the first people who 
after the Great Flood of 1927, wrote, started writing songs about the flood. She's one of the first to have a, a kind of a, a hit, if you will, with about the, the flood of 1927. So nice. there's a lot of like incestuous things going on there. Yeah, but in the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just in crazy talented people. I, I think that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the oh, only incest sure. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, so let's go on to the second track. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Play that. This is Bessie Smith, who mm-hmm. I have played before. She's great. I love her so much. Yeah. So this song is called Backwater Blues, and this was actually written in 1927. But... It was recorded before the Great Flood of 1927. It was recorded in, like, March, and the flood was in April or something. Oh, shit, she heralded in. Yeah. <laughs> Triple. What she... She's well, so there were like a bunch of sort of mini floods, like they saw it coming, you know, it was sort yeah, of yeah. like Katrina in a way, like, okay, this levee keeps, like... So this was, she wrote the song about the Cumberland River flood, which happened in late, I think, okay, it happened late 1926. So she wrote the song in like March of 27 mm-hmm. or something like that. She, it happened, she wrote the song sort of right before the actual Great Flood happened, but though, but it was released like right after the Great Flood. So it's sort <laughs> of become the anthem of the day and and she taught, you know she basically lays it down like i woke up one morning and i couldn't get out my door because there was just water everywhere thunder lightning like you know she packed up all her clothes like so many people during that time during the flood like she just packed up her clothes and was just like okay like somebody help me somebody take me to safety but she does it with such style and panache Hell yeah. she's great yeah, <clears throat> the idea of floods—it's—it's it's just so primal. The and and it might be because you know, typically we come from this post-Christian uh, world where it's literally uh, God saying, "You are not good enough. You have really turned out badly. I'm gonna wipe you all away." And so, if you're coming from that tradition and you're getting floods uh, in your life. It it can really fuck with your psyche. Just yeah. that idea, like, I'm not good. Like, this is the universe hating on me. Like, I am yeah. not good enough. And you, you're sitting right. down south when Katrina hits, and your government isn't even supporting you. Like, they're just like, oh, well, you know what? Exist if you can, or we're going to throw you in this uh, uh, containment space without any water or, or you know, any, any support at all. Or hey, How second hand citizen could you possibly feel just secondhand human yeah. like you no longer matter at, to anyone not to your your uh not to your community not to your uh seeming own country and not to the cosmic universe as it were because he's not coming yeah. to save you no matter how much you pray so, mm. so those people in those places yeah. it's got to be real dark yeah yeah for sure and the crazy thing is that you know, the same similarities you see between the, 19, the 1927 flood and Katrina deal with the responses of the government and the private sector at both the federal and the local levels. Like, in the, during the Mississippi flood, it wasn't just Mother Nature that fucked you. It was politically exacerbated, and the very same thing was true for Katrina. Like, it wasn't the flood necessarily that fucked everybody. It was the when the levees broke, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was a, a fundamental breakdown in our... in the way we care for people that really 
sent these people to their rooftops and sent some people to their deaths. You know, these their fucking watery deaths. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's it's kind of eerie how like nothing much has changed since nineteen twenty seven. It's also interesting, like how how little it takes for society to break down. Oh my god. Know. You know, we just think of everything <laughs> so solid and structured and you know what, there's a there's a plan if an emergency happens, we know what we're going to do and we have people in positions of authority like mayors and governors who their sole goal in their their sole role in their position is to protect and serve their constituents. And yet it can all break down and you're left alone having to fight for your life. Just the, mm -hmm. the the stars ain't aligning, you know, a levy breaking, and that's all it takes, and you're back to the fucking Stone Age. It's amazing how how thin and weak our line of, of society really, really is. Yeah. How tenuously we are mm -hmm. linked to the rest of society, and how, how easily shit can just go wrong, you know? You say it's so much better it's, than me. God damn it. Oh, nah. <laughs> you so okay. education. Let's, let's, no, 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 no. Let's just good. move on to the next right. song, because this is the killer shit. I'm going to hit play. This is Mississippi Heavy Water Blues, and this is Barbecue Bob, who I have played before on this show, but never in this context. And this is... The, oh, this is... I put this song last, because... It's something about the song is, yeah, it's sort of meditative and contemplative and it moves, it chugs along and it's, it's got that great, like, where he pulls on the strings of his guitar, yeah. but he's constantly repeating this, like, theme of, like, that's why I'm crying. Oh, it's a great rhythm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about this song that just gets you on a deep, visceral level, you know? It's, and it's... This is another one where his girl gets washed away in the Mississippi flood, and someday he hopes she can he can find her again because nobody could satisfy her like he did. Mm -hmm. I mean, really it's deconstructed. This is just him and his guitar. Yeah. Yep. And this was actually recorded in 1923. It was recorded in New York, but at the time that things shit was going down in Mississippi. So here's Barbecue Bob, who's from Atlanta, and he's in New York, you know, during a recording session, and he's hearing, he's sort of, it's reportage, you know, it's him hearing what's happening to all these people that he knows back in Mississippi, their homes are flooded, their lives are ruined, and here he is in New York sort of recording for this record, you know, he's highfalutin and whatnot, mm. he's just reporting and like, it looked like, fuck, you know, like, there's muddy water, like, it's cold, muddy water, and it's taking all of our lives. Oh, yeah. You okay over there? You got a riot? You got some floods? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Try to ignore that loud noise. <laughs> I felt but the yeah. knife stare with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great track, though. Yeah. yeah, this is my favorite of the three, and I put it at the end for that reason because mm -hmm. it's really, it's it gets to the soul of things too. It's sort of being far away, like you know, I have a, a coworker right now whose uh, mother is in Puerto Rico and she's dying. Basically, she's Ooh. in bad shape, and it's sort of that that feeling you get being so far away and just watching 
shit happen to the people that you care about and, and being unable to do anything about it. You know, it's yeah. like it's like we all felt it during Katrina, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. sociopaths like Adam and I didn't feel the same way. But, but you know how it is, like watching the TV and just seeing like people standing like on their roofs just with no hope but that someone would come and pluck them out of the air and save them you know just mm. hope in in the humanity of of other people and i think that is an important thing to remember <laughs> like we're you know sometimes it's hard to just be so far away and see things going down and just not able to help yeah oh god damn that was so good yeah. So much. Thank you so much for coming back and coming back so yeah. strong with that. That was amazing. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, definitely. Where can the good folks listening? You've already mentioned it once or twice, but let's do it one more time for safety. Where can they find you online? I'm on Twitter at Chelsea Girl 19, and I'm on Facebook at Down to the Crossroads. Hell yeah. Great stuff as always. And if you do follow her in social media, uh, you're going to get a lot of extra content that doesn't ever make it into the show. So do yourselves a favor and check her out. It's really, really fantastic content. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, people listening. That's going to do it for yet another show. And we hope you enjoyed it. And we would love to hear from you. Disagree with our take or my take on animals. I don't want to project and connect Aaron <laughs> to anything I've said. Um, or, uh, you know, any questions uh, that you would like us to answer for Nine Cents Letters, uh, send them on in. Info at NineCentsPodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or just maybe just general comments that you have or whatever. You can, all, of course, find us in social media. Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, MySpace, YouTube. YouTube, Spotify, not Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you do find us, if it's possible, hook us up with the rating, send us in your reviews, it's always nice and it lets other people who are on the fence for listening know why they should or in some cases shouldn't listen to, to what we have to say. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. Uh, the only way we're going to continue this, people, is if you connect with us and you spread the word, share nine cents, do us a solid here. And once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Aaron. I missed you so goddamn much. I missed you too. Wonderful. And until next week, people, hail Satan. I'll <laughs> 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 <laughs>